this is ChaosCast, the Chaos Community Podcast, where we share use cases and experiences with measuring open source community health, elevating conversations about metrics, analytics, and software from the Community Health Analytics Open Source Software, or short Chaos Project, to wherever you like to listen. Welcome to this episode. This podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sustain, a community of open source enthusiasts and professionals that care about the future of open source. Learn more at sustainoss.org. My name is Vania. I am from Socially Constructed, and I am also going to be the organizer here today for part two of an absolutely amazing series with our Outreachy and Google Summer of Code participants. I'm incredibly excited to introduce them and invite them, as well as their mentors. So what I'm going to do is just get started with the mentors, and then we'll be able to meet the uh, stars of the show, let's say. So let's get started with Matt. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you. Nice to see you again. Absolutely. And can you introduce yourself? I am Matt. I work on a chaos project called Augur a lot of the time, but I've been working a lot more and more on the badging project as I become more interested in it. And it's been an honor working with our students here. And I also like to play guitar and build keyboards. Wonderful. Guitar and keyboards seems pretty important. Hobbies are important, I think, in the post-COVID world now. And Saleh, can you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Saleh. First of all, I'm very excited to be here. So basically, kind of like jumping from one field to the next, I come from a background in printing and graphic design, but I've always written software, web, basically. And I've been in open source for a while, made my way through some projects, ended up here in chaos. Definitely love the metrics idea of going about making, you know, positive change, making sure projects actually kind of keep up to the spirit they convey in their charters. And, you know, I came to Chaos about a year ago, and I have since uh, joined with Matt on the badging project. And we finally ended up having an opportunity to work with Tola and with Asta. Both of them have done tremendous work. And at this point in my life, I'm actually kind of a little bit hands-off, but Definitely can't wait to get back in the game. Wonderful. Thanks. And it's absolutely great to have you here. And now I'd like to move on to Asta and Tola, if you would introduce yourselves and your background. And let's jump right into it, because I'm sure we're all excited to hear about these projects. Hello, everyone. I am Asta Bisht, and I am a computer science undergraduate student from Dehradun, India. I have been involved with the Chaos Project since February 2020. And I didn't know about what Chaos was doing when I came across the community website for the first time. But when I jumped into a DNI DNI group working call, so I really liked the collaborative working environment that had, and I decided to participate more in the community calls, and that's how I started interacting with this amazing community. Good day, everyone. Excited to be here. I'm Tola Oriaruaji, based in Nigeria, undergraduate from Lamak University here in Nigeria. I currently study electrical and information 
engineering. So I started contributing to open source earlier this year. So I was building a lot of projects with friends and on campus. And I came about years when I was I was about to apply for the Google Summer of Code. So actually for the Google Summer of Code, I got rejected twice. Then a friend reached out to me or I should apply as an intern on the outreach platform. So I applied. Then during the application stage, I was looking for open source organizations I could work with. And I found out that it was players that met my skill set. And I joined the call during a week. And I was excited about how everyone welcomed me. Wonderful. It's absolutely amazing to have the both of you two. And I'm looking really forward to hearing about these projects. But before we do jump into the project, I'd really like to know a little bit more about your coding background. And you've kind of already approached how you found Outreachy and Google Summer of Code. But what interested you in the specific projects? Okay, yeah. What interested me in this project was the aim of EOS especially on the diversity and inclusion badging, the aim, I got interested in it because they develop best practices and standards to measure diversity and inclusion in open source projects and events. So I really got interested in it. And sharing my story here in Nigeria where most, especially the open source events here, they are are not inclusive in a way or the underrepresented people here. So the project aim got me interested. I was like, yes, I could contribute to this and meet people so that we could share ideas together. So I have been coding on and off for two years and I've experimented with many different kinds of tools. So at the time when the Google Summer of Code organizations were announced, I was working more with JavaScript than with any other languages. And I eventually ended up finding the idea about building a process for the DNI badging. What interested me about this project was that it was involving people directly. And it sounded quite different from other projects. And Really, like when I read the project idea, I had so many things going off inside my head. And then I decided that I had to work for this idea. Yeah, that motivation is valuable. And I wanted to move on a little bit to that initial idea. So the project kind of for Google Summer Code and Outreachy both, we have these project ideas that we put out, but a lot of that work and that idea really came from you two. So I wanted to start with when you saw that idea, what was what came to mind for you? The main aim behind the badging project was to involve events and technical projects and assign them badges based on their DNI practices. So it is also a direct implementation of the diversity and inclusion metrics. The working idea behind the project was that there would be people called applicants who would bring in information about their event or project. More specifically, they would bring in information about 
the DNI practices followed by that event and project based on a specific set of questions. And then there would be people who would review that information and badges would be assigned based on that. So it's a pretty fantastic way of promoting good DNI practices. So this was the initial idea behind it. And how does that end up affecting the chaos metrics in the end? Because I know the chaos is a metric-centered project, but I believe that came around to the metrics at one point. Yes. So DNI badging project uh, includes chaos metrics in a really, I say, people-centric way. So what happens is that the information submitted by the applicants are directly or indirectly inspired by what's written in a metric. Also, how I see metrics is that they are a solution for a problem. So for me, diversity and inclusion metrics solve the problem of including more people in your project and improving things. So the content for the DNI badging project is also inspired by metrics and it can also inspire other metrics to form up. So that's how it goes hand in hand. Yeah, I like the idea that it comes back around to where it, the kind of core values, the metrics that the DNI badging program was kind of born from. And I'd like to hear from you too, Tola, because we have this initial idea, but it was completely different as far as Outreachy was concerned. And your project kind of went in a different direction, but it came back around to the metrics as well. So what was that idea for you? And how did that come back to the metrics? So during the project phase, I discovered that the, most of the files on the various repositories on GitHub, they were not um, multilingual. So I decided that why can't I take this up to build the translation framework to make applicants, when the applicants are applying for the DNI badging, whether for the project or event, so that they could be able to see the files in other languages. Yeah, so I kind of took this up. So I talked to Matt and Tara about this, and they were like, this is a very great idea. So I started researching, knowing more about the DNI process, how we could make this um, happen. So we looked at different platforms because the two factors were important in making this process very flexible. That's um, the pricing and the, the fashion. Two factors were important in making this work, fashion, control integration, and the pricing. So we reviewed four platforms, WebLit, Crowding, Git Localize, and Localize. Out of these four platforms, we did a lot of work. I worked with Matt, did a lot of integration, a lot of setting up in the first two months to make sure that we choose the right platform to make the translation process very flexible and simplified. And so we finally chose two platforms because these two platforms, they kind of met all the criteria we, we needed. And that was get localized. So we integrated, we tested and integrated some files and repository. We started with the DNA repo to see how the process is going to be because 
for give um, localized and automation way so the applicants they don't need to translate um, any document manually is open through a pull request to them then we tested these features to make sure everything worked out smooth and effectively so this framework project is also important to the chaos um, metrics because if the translation project can be integrated in all metrics, it's going to make the process very flexible. Like that is uh, making the documents files on GitHub multilingual for different applicants to understand the process on how it happens and how it got started. So the whole project was kind of building the localization and internalization framework for diversity and inclusion in budging. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And now we're kind of moving into the really exciting part, which is the projects proper. So I just want to remind the audience that as we do talk about these projects, they are going to be available in the show notes for this specific show, either on the platform that you're looking at, or if you go to podcast.chaos.community, and then you just find this podcast on that list, they're all going to be available there as well. So if any of these projects sound exciting to you, you'd like to get involved with them after all of this, or you'd like to reach out to our participants, either Asta or Atola or our other participants as well, that's going to be available. And with all the necessary language out of the way, I'm excited. Sala, you had something you wanted to say before we jump into what's behind the project? Yeah, I, I think it's very important to kind of bring in this idea of we're working on diversity and inclusion. And, you know, chaos is really meant to make a more inclusive open source body. And so the idea of looking at GitHub repos and finding all readmes in a certain language and, you know, it's a big challenge for the open source community, which is full of people who, you know, have a lot of selflessness. They want to offer the world. They want a better world. You know, I think there is a bigger dream that people are able to actually go to a repo, interact with it in a language, and maybe be able to even contribute to the README in their own language. You know, so we're way early to get all the way there. But I think part of the big excitement of this summer was to learn how there are so many tools that offer internationalization. But we don't quite have that vision in common still, you know, so tools really have a lot of room to grow to allow developers to actually appropriate them as a means to integrate, you know, open source contributors from all over the world. Okay, so I would like to talk about how the idea for my project evolved from the start of Google Summer, of course to the part till it ended and even beyond. So the complete workflow for the DNI badging project is GitHub-based, and that's a constant which remains throughout. This project uses the built-in capabilities GitHub has, and also we threw in a bit of automation to make it more badging-specific. But the first order of business was, of course, to define how people would interact with each other within the environment of a badging application. So for that, 
we started with developing roles. So roles is actually at this point, there are a set of four documents which define how a particular kind of participant is expected to contribute to a badging application. A badging application is basically right now an issue which contains all the information an applicant needs and all the information or feedback the reviewer needs to give to them in order to assign a badge. So, of course, we started with defining applicants and reviewers and what they would be expected to do during the process. These documents evolved during the first one and the third month because the initial expectations from the process or initially how the process worked was different from how it finally ended up working, but that difference included the inclusion of parts and some change in content. Also, reviewers needed something to assess the application against. So the information submitted by an applicant during the start of the badging process is pretty qualitative. There had to be a way to make it more quantitative and the badges had to be assigned on the basis of that. So we adopted the idea of including a review checklist from the process journal of open source software uses to assign badges to things and we call them review checklists. So they contain information based on what is expected of the applicant to include in their events or projects. For example, we have something called event focus area metric code of conduct. So applicant submits information or more likely than not, they submit the link of the code of conduct. They have the event about that event on the website. And then the reviewer checks that code of conduct and sees if it contains some specific bits of information, like a venue for reporting inappropriate behavior if something of the sort comes up in the middle of the event. And so reviewers check out this information using those checklists. And at this point in time, those checklists exist as issue comments which are put in by the bots. So Reviewers need some specific GitHub permissions in order to be edit those comments and put in their feedback. So the checkboxes marked by the reviewers can either be positive or blank. In case they are blank, the reviewers are encouraged to give feedback to the applicant so that they can actually improve their content and their practices. And that is supposed to lead to them getting a better badge, but also while doing that, they improve their DNI practice. So that is the main goal being fulfilled here. Also talking about bots. So in the beginning, the whole DNI badging process was more or less manual. Towards the end, the bots were included to make the less savory tasks for humans, such as making repeated the same comments, which the review checklists are because they are pretty much the same for different reviewers apart from their username being included in it. So these tasks are to be handled by the bot. Also, bad generation is a thing which we also implemented using bots because the review checklist also acts as a tool to convert the qualitative information the applicant has given in into a more quantitative sort of data. And based on that, the badges are generated. 
they're always calculated again after the checklists are edited and so this means like it's not static and people can actually improve the badges they have as a qualitative person especially here at chaos i absolutely appreciate this idea of setting up a specific process of abstraction from qualitative into quantitative and then instead of making that like a linear process like actually making it cyclical where your qualitative and your quantitative systems kind of feedback on each other in order to develop and grow this program. I think that's a really interesting structure. And the program's still growing. We get feedback almost every week. And this is major things that we end up changing about the project. We have got a really pretty well-refined system at this point, but we're always finding ways to improve. And I do really appreciate that. Okay, so I'm going to talk about how my project got started. So during the first few weeks, I spoke with my mentors, that Salah and Matt, on how to, to, for them to put me through on the appropriate um, steps to get started. So we did a lot of documentation because I had to understand how the badging process works because my project was about building the translation framework for the diversity and inclusion badging. So we did a lot of documentations. During the first three weeks, we reviewed translation platforms. We actually reviewed four translation platforms. That's Crowding, Localize, Git Localize, and WebLit. The first, so I'm just going to give you a rundown each platform. For crowding, we um, integrated a lot of features for crowding, and we discovered that the pricing for crowding was a bit high for us, and certain um, criteria were not, didn't fit what um, we intended to do. So we moved over to WebLit. During WebLit, we configured and did a lot of setting up. I did a lot of coding with WebLates. We built, we ran the self-hosted WebLates on Docker to know if, okay, if applicants could be able to apply for the process while offline. So we configured and did um, a lot of setting up for the self-hosted um, WebLates. So one a big factor that hindered us during web blitz was the process was kind of challenging for us because the documentations wasn't really easy to follow. So if applicants were using were to use web blitz, so they will experience a lot of challenges and difficulties. Then we moved, we tested another platform called Lokais. Lokais was kind of um, perfect for us because the pricing was very low and the integration process was smooth because we could integrate certain key val- key and value on the um, Lokai's platform. We could also import and export GitHub documents. So it was kind of perfect for us, but the only uh, minor issue with Lokai's was it had a limit. Yeah, so it had the limits to certain um, words for the platform. So 
if applicants were to translate files with over 3,000 words, it doesn't work because it had a limit of over 500 um, words. So I moved um, to another platform called Git, um, Git Localized. So for Git Localized, we did a lot of setting up because the way Git um, lo um, Localized works is that each file is attached to a reviewer. So this reviewer reviews the file that's going to be translated. And Git Localized was very perfect for us because it could be integrated into GitHub and it was absolutely free for us. And the way Git Localized worked is that each file to be translated is being uploaded into the platform. So the automation process, we just um, translate the whole document into the specified language. With Git um, Localized, we could pick a lot of languages, over 100 la um, languages. So this process, you just choose the particular file that needed to be translated and does the it does the translation smooth and effective. After translating the file, it sends a pull request to the GitHub repository, alerting the applicants that this particular file has been translated for your use. So the reviewer is going to review the file on GitHub, then approve the translation. When the um, translation is being approved, the file can now be merged into the master branch. So Git Localize was the perfect platform for us because everything, the whole process made the, the diversity and inclusion badging process very simplified and flexible for applicants. While open source software today is powering critical infrastructure, the open source ecosystem as a whole is rapidly changing facing challenges for governance, maintenance, maintainer burnout, funding, marketing, and more. Are you concerned about these things for your open source software too? Well, in the sustained community, we discuss these challenges and share solutions for how to sustain open source in the long haul. We meet once per year in person, and the rest of the time we keep the fire burning in our discourse forum. Join our conversations at sustainoss.org and sustain OSS on Twitter. I want to jump in because I, I, I think we're touching upon some of the common pains for developers, really. And uh, when you talk about translation, developers use repositories, a single source of truth. You want a certain file to always have its uh, trail. You know exactly how this file evolved, its history intact. And when you start to talk about translation being part of this whole workflow, you also want to have traceability going, why was that translated in such a way? How can we refine from a translation and make updates to the original markdown file? And unfortunately, it seems like we think that the single source of truth will be the English markdown file. I'm hoping in the future we don't have to. I don't know if there's like a solution like that. but. At the very least, when you want to translate markdown files so that you would have participants with many different backgrounds contributing to a project, you want to have a tool that prioritizes markdown to markdown. 
And it seems like it's not a priority feature to some tools. They actually have issues open and bounties, you know, being requested because customers want those features, but they are not core offerings for the tools for some reason. I hope that changes. But I think definitely Tola has uh, seen all the different levels of, you know, how do you come up with a frictionless way so that just like you contribute to a repo, you can contribute to the wealth of translation of that repo. And integration was the winner in the end. It didn't matter what platform popularity or features were, as long as the process was transparent and interoperable with the mindset that you get working on an open source repo. I think at the end of the day, Lokize was a really good experimental framework, but Git Lokize was definitely an integration winner. We had to learn the hard way. You know, Tola got us there, and I think it's going to be great moving forward. Yeah, and I see here, I've got it pulled up here, that we've got translation kind of branched to one of our repositories that you've worked on, Tola. I just wanted to point out that you've been able to translate it into, I see five different languages here smoothly in the past few months. And I think that smoothness is really valuable here. Yeah, so I just wanted to say that we were successful with the translation process and the translation framework we use for the localization process um, that's Git localized is now being um, integrated on some of the virgin files. We've been able to translate, as Matt said, translate some of the documents to various languages. And the process went very smooth and simplified. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible, both of you. These projects seem like they had a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of hurdles to work across, especially when it comes to data collection and multiple languages. And that's just not easy to do. But there's also a really positive side to all of that. So just before we jump into that question about what did you enjoy most for your projects, I would also like to remind everyone who's listening, these projects had so much work put into them. So if you want to just hop over to the show notes, either in your favorite podcasting app or at podcast.chaos.community, We'd love for you to kind of take a look at the notes and take a look at all of the work that went into it. It's absolutely phenomenal. But I'd really like to know, both of you, what did you most enjoy about working on your projects? What were the highlights? The most interesting part of this project was the whole setting up process from scratch. I learned how I did a lot of coding, a lot of documentation. I learned how to use new tools. I also got exposed into how things work properly in the open source space. I was able to network with a lot of people, learn from them. The whole thing was just like really exciting because I, before now, I haven't um, used some of the tools and languages I worked with, so I was able to use them, set up a lot of platforms, do a lot of documentation, worked with during, especially during when we were testing out WebLate, 
we had some issues which almost took us two weeks to fix. I'm glad that Matt and Salah really helped me out during this process because we did um, a lot of coding, a lot of documentation, setting up, and all of that. So I really learned a lot from this project. It was really awesome. And it was really an awesome experience for me. I think my answer was similar to Tola. It was a great experience being able to collaborate with Matt, Sarah, and Tola uh, for this project, getting their feedbacks and getting their feedbacks from the wider DNI community. Also, the part I liked figuring out the most was how all the different components would fit together. Like during the first part, there was a lot of guidelines and checklists and content about the templates to be written. And during the, towards the end of the GSOC period, it was more like seeing things come together during a pilot testing phase. So actually we had two pilot testing phases for this project. Uh, one happened in the month of July and the other happened in the month of August. So both these testing phases were each five days long and this was the part where people interacted and tried to submit applications. And these were the times we actually got to see like, what were the pitfalls of the project, how would someone coming from outside the project would see it, how reviewers would interact with applicants. I think this was like, really the most interesting part for me because for a batch to be assigned in this project, applicant has to go from point A, where they submit their application, to point B, where they actually get a badge out of it. And going through this whole process, the different things we worked on had to come together. So seeing them click or maybe even seeing how they could be improved, this was really what kept me working so energetically on the project. Yeah, getting something to click is probably like the biggest thing. And I do remember that was also a really big highlight for Banu and Ria in the other episode as well. So isn't it just wonderful when those projects just come together and all of that work just hits this perfect sweet point? Yes. Well, it sounds like there were a lot of journeys to go through all of your projects and it seems like it kind of came to a really solid ground. So I'd really like to know, where are the projects currently as you're coming out of Outreachy and Google Summer of Code? Where do they stand? How can people get involved? And what's next? So as of now, for the badging project, we are actively working on building a more solid documentation for that, which would be more external facing than the points that exist on GitHub repositories already. Actually, we are doing this collaboration with Google Season of Docs intern Xiaoya. And it's an exciting experience as well, seeing her ideas come up and then, yes, collaborating with her. Also, most of the information about the badging project exists on the badging organization. And... If someone wants to submit an application or maybe join up as a reviewer, they can refer to Event Diversity and Inclusion Repository or the Diversity and Inclusion Repositories on that very organization. Also, we are also available on the DNI community calls. So 
that's also a good place to start. We've been on those community calls asking for pilot testers, asking for reviewers. We've been there quite a bit talking about this kind of badging project. It's worth mentioning that we've launched the project at this point, so we're actively also accepting applications for specifically event diversity and inclusion related badging applications. So if you are an event organizer, we'd always love to talk to you as well. And that will also be linked in the show notes, everyone down below, if that's something that you do want to get further involved in. And Tola, where does the project stand for you? The translation process is already been implemented in the DNI badging process. What's a minor issue we are, we are currently right now is we are looking for translators and volunteers, anyone who is interested, anyone who can speak any language, German, Spanish, French, could come in and help us to evaluate the languages because when the translation process is being integrated, we need reviewers to review the um, languages if there's any changes we can make or anything we need to add. So when we are looking for translators who can come in as reviewers to review most of the translated files we have because most we have translated over six languages now. So, but we haven't gotten anyone who's interested to come in to help us. You're very welcome. Yeah, I guess we're looking for help in a lot of regards and we have a lot of things that we're working on at one time. And Yeah, that can I, definitely be said for a lot of areas of chaos, but especially in diversity and inclusion. Yeah, it's something that has so many faces that you have to see it from a lot of angles and doing that requires a lot of different stances from different people with different experiences. Yeah, I think I want to say really what was really exciting working with Chaos because, you know, I floated around some open source projects. I think there's a lot you can accomplish with Git workflows, like GitHub workflows or GitLab or whatever. But there's a lot you get, uh, you miss out on, like a lot of creativity that you can spark by actually just showing up same time, same week or every two weeks or whatever, and getting to actually allow people to, you know, bring out their creative ideas. You know, it's not like everything has to be a traceable accountability. Why did you break this line of code? Some projects feel like that. Some projects feel like they reward you for delivering an idea. Millions of people may have thought about just doing it in a way where you know how to use the open source ecosystem. And it has been definitely the most exciting part was working with a diverse group and actually talking and, you know, having that time for me was something I missed in many projects. So it was a real pleasure for me to be part of this. Love to have you around, Salah. Okay, so I've known a lot of the things that we've talked about so far. I'm probably going to learn something new here, and I'm sure everybody else is too. Asta and Tola, I'd like to know your next steps from here on out in your project and your um, professional life. So I think I would continue maintaining the DNI badging project and help out in whatever way I can. 
and I really like this project and yes, I really do like this community a lot. So that's my view from the project standpoint. As for what's coming next in my, apart from the project standpoint, I think right now I'm focusing on getting through university and then exploring developer opportunities in the wider world. So, yes. So about my project, I would love to continue to build the translation process, get more files translated, make the process more flexible for applicants, tell more people about what we are doing at the DNI badging, how we build in standards for open source events. So I would just kind of be bringing, telling more people about what we do at DNI badging, how all what we've worked on so that applicants can now start applying for projects. Applicants can now start applying for badging because most of the um, process is now simplified, made multilingual. So that's for the project point. And for myself, I'm currently my last year in school to focus my study so I could, my exam is coming up in a few weeks. So I want to um, write my exams, graduate, explore. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Exploration is key. And I'm not going to lie, I am 100% a fan of both of you staying in the community. And it sounds like Rhea and Benny will be too. So I think that might be four for four. So we'll see what happens there. <laughs> But that having been said, I am so happy to have heard about all your projects, and I'm sure that everyone is excited to get involved with the DNI Working Group as well. So if you are interested in doing that, I don't want to bring this up another time, but it is a wonderful project. If you do want to get involved at podcast.chaos.community, you can find the show notes here, and then you can get involved with Asa and Tola's projects work with Matt and Saleh on these and take a good look at all of the other amazing metrics that we're building here at Chaos in order to understand and implement diverse and inclusive structures in our businesses to ensure that people have a place. Absolutely wonderful projects. So Asa and Tola, you also haven't been around necessarily for the podcast quite long enough. So there is this one specific thing that we tend to do. And that is called picks. So we like to end these podcasts with what's going on in your universe. It can be structured, it can be business related, or it could be about your dog or your child or a video game that you got to play. So with that having been said, I'd like to go ahead and start with a book club that I got started with. It's really difficult in COVID. I found myself really needing some connection, but also working a ton. So it's kind of nice to build some structure around that time to kind of get connected with people and take some time to learn. So Jonah Bacon just did a people-powered book club, and I am absolutely adoring it. So if there's any book clubs in or around your local area or around your topic, I definitely recommend seeing if there are any virtual book clubs that you might be able to do. So with that, what about you, Matt? What is your pick? Oh, my pick lately is 
a used amp for an old guitar. I, I'm a big vintage amp fan. For any guitar people out there, I've been using vintage combo amps for a while. But I decided to get something newer, something that was discontinued in the early 2000s. And I'm a big Vox fan, so this will probably not mean anything to anybody who doesn't play guitar. But I'm really proud of my new equipment, and I'm, I'm happy to have it. That's my pick. It's just been something that's been pertinent to me lately. Yeah, so I'm going to go with my pick here. So I arrived at the chaos part in my life after joining open source in 2017. And in 2017, you know, this is a DNI project, so I'm going to be very candid. Most of my life, I've been trying to understand why I have certain struggles. I've been seeing psychiatrists, psychologists, you name it. And so at the age of 34, a year after I went into open source, my doctors all of a sudden were like thinking, because now that I'm trying to interact with people online, the way I'm talking about my struggles, they were like, maybe we missed it. Maybe this guy has autism. And as it turns out, since uh, 2018 and my journey in open source, it has been a lot of miscommunication, a lot of missed cues or a lot of different cues. And so when I found the Chaos Project, I came in like I had an agenda. Let's you know, create a metric to see how accessible open source communities are to people who are different. And of course, different in my mind was not just about accessibility, but accessibility seemed like something that is human-centric because everything about what we do is human-centric and open source. All these processes are meant to allow folks to be part of this whole big dynamic. And let's say there isn't enough resonance for people who are different. And so over the past few months, I've really started to reflect. And I really hope that people would actually have more room and create more resonance for differences. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's an amazing pick. As someone who is neurodivergent myself, I just, especially in a conversation about diversity and inclusion, neurodiversity is one of those areas where we could really stand to include a lot more understanding and knowledge. So awesome pick. Thank you. And what about you, Asa? My pick is something related to my grandfather. For the past few months, I have been living with my grandmom and my granddad. And so through this period of time, I spent a lot of my time with my laptop. And from time to time, my grandfather came over and then we talked a lot about how different his life used to be. And it's not even one generation ago, that's like the gap of two generations. I was listening to him talk about his work and what was the economic condition back then. The difference was too great and it was just a mind-blowing experience getting to know him so well. So a major part of his work was building the technical drawings. And I kind of figured out that being a computer science student was not very different from that. You have to evolve with the tools you're using. And he also talked about a similar scenario from his job where they had to come up with designs for their existing drawing tools. And everything had different specifications. Uh, It was a lot of detail and I just learned a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Learning from your family is probably like the best experience you could possibly have. Okay, the experience I would... um love to share it's what's currently happening now in Nigeria. So 
we have a police unit called SAS, which stands for Special Anti-Robbery Squad. So there's been a lot of protests on the street by citizens of Nigeria and people who live in Nigeria because for the past two years, these police units have been extorting youths and young people. If anyone is on the streets, on the road, they come to you, hijack you and lock you up. So for the past two weeks in Nigeria, that's really been hectic for us because a lot of activities are happening. People are tired of the whole thing because they end up um, killing some of them because they tell you to bring a certain amount of money and if you don't have it, they might lock you up in jail or kill you. So people are tired and there's been a lot of protests here. Yeah, so if you could also use any medium you have to, because if you check the social media, we are already voicing out hashtag NSAS, so you could also join us to tweet hashtag NSAS now. Yeah, you just search it on Twitter, any social media platform. Yeah, so that's just what has been happening around uh, me so far. Absolutely. And I think that's a really great way to end a conversation about DNI working groups where implementation and projects have happened. Because that's really what this is about. It's about social justice. It's about connecting. It's about ensuring that there is a space for people. So thank you so much for bringing that up. And if anyone else does want to get involved, please feel free to go to podcast.chaos.community. You'll see the show notes and everything else there. And thank you all so much for listening. I had a wonderful conversation with all of you, Asa, Tola, Saleh, Matt. And with that, I just want to say thank you all so much for joining us today. To stay up to date on future episodes, subscribe for free to this podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you do have ideas for future episodes or topics, or you would like to come on as a guest, please email us at podcast at chaos.community. We are looking for new, great, and wonderful topics. So if you're doing something awesome in the open source community, we'd love to hear about it. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, this is your chaos community. Thank you, Asa and Tola, for joining us.